0: Welcome to the NDE 4.0 podcast, where we ask five questions for a NDE or NDT expert. This is the show for NDE professionals, where we dig into the big questions about NDE inspections and digital transformation. Every episode, we ask a NDT expert five questions that can help you do your job better.
1: Today, we are honored to be speaking with Hossein Sabunchi, who currently leads the R&D Group and the Product and System Division of Mistras Group. Mistras is a leading provider of technology enabled asset protection solutions used to maximize the uptime and safety of critical energy, industrial, and public infrastructure. Hossein has a background in mechanical and civil engineering with a focus on electromechanical sensor technology for NDT applications. In his role at Mistras, Hossein leads the data analytics and additive manufacturing groups. The data analytics group strives to come up with an automated monitoring solution using AI and machine learning. And the additive manufacturing group focuses on proving an in-process monitoring solution with regards to additive manufacturing. Welcome, Hossein, to Floodlight Software's NDE 4.0 podcast series, which poses five questions to an NDE 4.0 expert.
0: Thank you. Uh, It's great to be here.
1: Fantastic. Well, I think that your work is incredibly interesting, and I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts today, so let's go ahead and get started. Our first question to you is this. What industry 4.0 technologies do you believe are the most important and relevant to NDE companies, and why?
0: Hey, uh, in my opinion, IoT and AI are the two significant game changers regarding NDT 4.0. IoT, or Internet of Things, are the low-cost, connected data acquisition systems, and the industrial version of them, are the IIoT, enable the asset owners to utilize them widely, which essentially generates a large database of different assets and their conditions. That's where the artificial intelligence, or AI, provides the next level of service. That service can be optimizing and providing predictive uh, models, which can dramatically reduce the risk to assets and the personal or working on the assets in the long term. Of course, my view might be uh, biased based on the fact that I work in an R&D department of the product development division of an entity company. However, I don't want to uh, discount other technologies like uh, the uh, commercial clouds of additive manufacturing or 3D printing, advanced robotics, virtual reality, and many other revolutionary advances in this field. If I may expand on some of these, I can start with the cloud computation or cloud solutions. The commercial clouds provide a reliable storage and enormous processing power which is accessible from anywhere in the world. um, At the same same time, it is maintained for a highest level of uh, security and provides an unmatched capability to scale up and down if needed very rapidly. IoT devices usually are set to communicate with one of these clouds seamlessly, and their powerful processing capabilities can be utilized for advanced AI algorithms and they can do data mining and all the cool stuff that they do with the big data. This could revolutionize the way that NDT works as, as it right now is a risk-based inspection uh, approach to the one which uh, essentially is customized to individual assets. Another technology that I'd like to talk about is the 3D printing, or, or what is also known as additive manufacturing. If you think about it, civil structures are built on uh, this concept, uh, co- concept of additive manufacturing. By brick, and layer by layer of concrete, and beam by beam, you uh, go up and build a structure or a dam, or uh, you name it. So... It's, it's not something new, but the, what, is, what is actually making it an interesting revolutionary topic here is that the, the advancement in the last few years in this uh, field enables it to, for many industries, to manufacture parts, either prototype or actual components, in a fraction of time and in some cases, a fraction of cost. For it to be widely introduced and implemented in many different industries, there should be uh, proper NDT techniques which would verify those parts in terms of their quality and fitness for service. Another technology which is of an interest to NDT 4.0 is the use of to to increase efficiency, quality, and reproducibility is not uh, new. What is changed today is the use of advanced algorithm to control those robots even better, and ask them to do many different tasks. This comes very handy if you uh, plan to use a robot to perform an NDT task for you, you, especially if your geometries are subject to change and you have different parts of different size. It may seem, at this point, it it may seem a little science fiction-like, but we might not be too far from the time that uh, the inspector could be trained and introduced to their new job in a virtual or augmented reality environment, and maybe even coached by their level trees who are many miles away on how to perform a specific inspection.
1: Wow. That's that's incredible. I'm personally, I'm relatively new to the NDT industry. And I, I feel like most people who are also unfamiliar with NDT would be surprised to, to find out how much technology is actually involved in the process of performing NDT inspections during construction, like you mentioned, or even operations. And you know but but, knowing how dangerous some of these environments can be, it makes a lot of sense uh, that companies will want to automate as much as possible, using technologies such as the IOT sensors you mentioned, even using robots to replace human operators if that's possible. and you know you mentioned that none of this technology is necessarily brand new, but certainly putting those pieces together and putting them in an industrial environment is something that's just really at its infancy now, and you know using Connecting equipment, incorporating analytics and artificial intelligence are all currently groundbreaking concepts in the ND, NDE field. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, that's essentially a very good summary of uh, <laughs> what I was trying to say.
1: Yeah, good. Okay, well, let's, that's a great segue actually to our next question, which is what are the biggest challenges in bringing these technologies to fruition, making them work?
0: So change is hard. Most industries are not equipped to adopt easily, especially if their profit margins are slim and can't afford to invest in R&D. Any new technologies would have, have an adaptation curve, which starts with a small minority of inventors, followed by early adopters, followed by early majority, late majority, and finally the laggers. In my opinion, we are still in the early uh, adopter stage. For the early majority to adopt uh, a new technology, some key infrastructure has to be put in place, including uh, modification to codes and standards followed by training at all levels. Uh, the, The trainings have to start from technicians, engineers, managers, investors. They all have to be introduced to these technologies and the codes and standards, which now they are required to buy by. And both of these are very time-consuming processes. Another challenge that I can name is the difference between the rate that the technology is changing and updating, as opposed to how fast any new technology will be adopted and utilized by, in this case, a very conservative, risk-averse, slow-moving industry like MBT. In many cases, from the time of the design of a new technology uh, or device, when you starts to the day that you have required all, you finish your design and you you have obtained all the required certification, it it may take two to three years. You don't even need to do any change to the standards for for this new device that uh, you have introduced. You still Two to three years in today's electronic uh, lifetime is is a generation, and mm-hmm. your design might be obsolete by that time. It is a very well known in industrial challenge in many industries, like in aerospace. you're designing an airplane, the the certifications uh, are much longer. In uh, if you're designing a ship, that's even longer. In uh, and so it's a, it's a well known issue, but it exists here as well as as the NDT 4.0 technologies are being introduced. This become uh, a more relevant uh, problem to deal with. One last item that I can't overstate is the legal aspect of who puts the reliability of any future catastrophe that happens. If you do something over what the codes are mandating uh, you to do, and uh, you uncover a potential Deficiency in your asset, then you're legally responsible for repairing as soon as possible if the risk is high. And if there is an accident based on what you already know, then you're held accountable. However, if you stick to the minimum required inspections by codes and something terrible happens, you're off the hook and somebody else, uh, like your insurance, uh, will take care of the uh, financial burden. Uh, this dysfunctioning balance, if you wish, make the asset owners, I think, twice or three times before moving to implement any anything beyond their responsibility.
1: Oh, wow. That's such an interesting and counterproductive situation. So it seems that there are standards that exist to ensure the safety of industrial assets. And asset owners or operators are required to perform a certain amount of testing in order to certify the asset safety. And if they adhere to those standards and correct operating procedures, if a catastrophic event occurs, they're really not liable for the incident, right? However, today's testing standards are pretty low. And if asset owners and operators go above those standards to do a better job of testing than what they're absolutely required to do, say by using some of these emerging technologies that you mentioned, they might find more defects in their assets. And then they either must fix those assets or take the asset out of service. And both of those options seem pretty costly, which seems like it's a pretty significant business dilemma for these asset owners. And I can see how that could be a pretty big challenge. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, So thinking about these countering priorities that industrial asset owners and operators are facing on a daily basis, it's easy to see why adoption of emerging technologies is historically quite slow which brings us to question three, you know, thinking about all of those things, what, you know, what, what do you see as changes that need to be made in the industry to speed up the adoption of NDE 4.0? Um, so,
0: as you see, the, the codes and standards are playing a big role here the, they are defined by technical associations, and which are essentially a large group of experts of those fields and which have many years of experience in that field and know the details of what is the best practice in, in and out of it. And the advocates of new technologies are typically a new generation of engineers and scientists. As a result, there are always a lag for codes and standards to be modified for any new technology. If your technology is mature enough to be introduced to these committees, typically it takes three to five years uh, for them to put all the codes and the standards in place and moving it from a technical procedure to an actual standard, which needs to be followed by everybody. This lag was acceptable when you have uh, significant change every 20 years, but you don't want to expose the industry to risks that are – because you don't want to expose the industry uh, to the risks that are not fully uncovered over the years. In the case of NDT 4.0, as most of the ch- changes are related to digital advancement, three to five years are considered as a generation. And by the time they have entered into the standard, that technology is obsolete and the next one has taken its place. For NDT standards to move in, uh, in the right direction, technical committees have to take two concrete course of action, in my opinion. First, they have to encourage and engage the next generation of NDT professionals in their meetings. Second, they have to open their doors to other uh, committees in the form of joint meetings and collaborations, for example, with IEEE and other relevant communities in in different fields, which are not necessarily familiar with NDT. The goal of these involvements should be to make those codes and standards more adaptable and uh, inclusive to newer technologies, not just for the existing technologies, but also for technologies that are not out yet. Essentially, instead of playing the catch-up, they have to play off offense.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, sort of like forcing the rule break, the rule makers to be proactive and forward looking versus, you know, kind of just monitoring the status quo, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. I think there's a long way to to go, but the, and it takes a change in the mindset and a strategy from, from absolute uh, certainty to looking ahead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a lot of a lot of hurdles to go through. But, you know, that kind of leads us to our question four, I think in order to sort of be able to overcome the obstacles and the hurdles, it's important for companies to see the benefits, right? And so the question, the fourth question I have for you is, what do you see as the greatest benefit or motivation for adopting NDE 4.0 for NDT companies, and maybe even for the rulemakers and And for all the, you know, the different organizations that are involved.
0: So in terms of companies, companies are profit-seeking in nature. And as long as uh, they can legally generate more money, they would naturally seek a competitive advantage wherever they can get it. As history taught us, uh, automation and advanced technologies, if adopted, consciously and adequately can reduce cost and risk while increasing consistency and quality of work and service and products in general. The other side of the coin is that if they don't adopt, they will go extinct. If a company uh, a company's sole business plan is based on sending technicians to the field and collecting data manually, what would happen um, to that company when most industries move toward Automatic data collection through IoT devices, and don't need inspect, inspection service as much. Another silver lining in that regard is um, I see the the a level of technical uh, technology friendliness of new generation is increasing day by day. You um, you can see the the change starting from universities and adoption of NDT courses for graduate students. Of engineering majors, those students eventually will will be more willing uh, to implement changes. Where uh, you know, when they move to the industry, this will be a slow shift. However, we observe that today's climate; it will it will not be long before we see that shift happening in the industry. And the uh, last key indicator for op- uh, optimistic view of uh, change is that. We see that the financial market, the industry 4.0 has already borne fruit in many other sectors. And the investors are looking for potential new markets that could be disrupted, increase the profits. They would run numbers and approach big players in each field one by one. With proper investment, companies feel less reluctant to change.
1: It is a big business dilemma, the trade-off between health and safety versus the economic costs of protection. This is very similar to what the world is facing today with COVID-19, don't you think?
0: Yes. There's an irony I see here that, that the COVID, in this case, can turn out to be a force for good because people were like scared of um, the computer viruses and how their data might be uh, in danger or, uh, loss or something, but you see now the, a lot of companies that we used to work with—they're struggling to put something in place for for the inspectors, anybody outsider to walk into their site. They're all scared that okay, what if that person bring the COVID nineteen virus into my field and my personnel will have to um, quarantine and be out of work again? So yeah. it's a It's
1: an interesting time to be in. Interesting. I, you know, I completely agree with you on your your comment about how companies can greatly improve their competitive advantage by embracing technology and focusing on making internal process improvements. NDT companies can become more efficient and productive, which really should reduce their overall costs and enable them to perform more work in a shorter time frame and at a lower price to the asset owner and operator. It kind of seems like a no-brainer. I know there's a lot of factors involved, but it sort of seems like it it, it should be easier than it really is. Of course, yeah. <laughs> so let's get to our final question, which is, what uh, final recommendations do you have for individuals and or companies interested in moving forward with NDE 4.0? Actually,
0: I've heard the the quote from that philosopher, change is the only constant in life. Mm-hmm. My recommendation is the... Uh, to individuals and companies is the, to embrace the change and never lose the, uh, sight uh, of what is next and continuously look for the newer way of achieving your goal. Ultimately, for NDT professionals, the goal is to prevent accidents and save lives. One day, it, uh, it was achieved by measuring a parameter in the field. The next day, it might be done remotely by a drone or a robot or by using an IIOT
1: device. Mm, Fantastic. What a great thought and a positive note to end our interview today. The goal of NDT is indeed to prevent accidents and save lives. Uh, NDE 4.0 can certainly help achieve that goal better than maintaining the status quo. So thank you so much, Hossein, for participating in our podcast series and sharing your knowledge and experience.
0: You're very welcome. It was my pleasure.
1: It was a very informative discussion today. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you're interested in learning more about Hossein or Mistras Group, please look for links on our podcast webpage. Thank you very much. Thank
0: you. For more expert views on NDT,
1: subscribe to the Floodlight Software blog at floodlightsoft.com.